Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. He is home for the hopeless. He is, he is. Jesus has already prevailed. In this Good Friday message, Pastor Andrew sheds light on how Jesus' crucifixion totally transforms our life. How do you prepare a sermon? You wake up in the middle of the night and start writing on your iPad the structure of what God was wanting you to say on Good Friday. It doesn't always come like that. God wanted me to make some things particularly clear. One of the powerful things that makes a statement is you are unstoppable. Now you might say, oh, hold on a sec. We're not. Everything's in a mess around us and all that. But you know, Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, the church in its own strength and power, you in our own strength and power, we cannot prevail. We have nothing in ourselves that can possibly give us the strength, the power, the ability to prevail against the gates of hell. But Good Friday is about Jesus has already prevailed. He's already prevailed against the gates of hell and his church will sustain that as it grows closer and obedient to him and walks in righteousness with him. And there have been times throughout the history of the church where the world and the church has been in a worse state than it is today. And from left field, God will bring a group of men and women and they'll prevail against the darkness and they overwhelm it by their submission to God in Jesus and by the power of the righteousness that comes from them. So, who is this man, this Jesus of Nazareth? And scholarship is so prolific in telling us who he's not, or what he's not, or how he's not. And yet the tradition is clear, and the scriptures are consistent. He's the eternal Son of God. He comes from eternity. He comes from before everything that has begun. He comes before time has become. He comes before space has become. He comes before anything is in existence apart from God. And he comes out of the voice of God, the command of God, the action of God. The only begotten Son of the Father with the Holy Spirit, has reigned and lived and existed for eternity. But he comes from heaven, and heaven is a part of his creation. And there's a company of heaven. And we know that the angels are there. And we know that 
Moses and Elijah are there. We're not quite sure about everybody else. They might still be waiting. Well, they were waiting. Because now we know that all who have committed their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ and have passed away are there in heaven with Father God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So he comes from heaven, the eternal Son, and takes human form in the person of Jesus Christ. So when the Jewish council condemn him, they condemn their own God. When the Romans condemn him, they also condemn their own God. He's not God just of the Jewish nation. He is God of the planet, of the universe, of everything. So he comes from heaven and he came to earth. Didn't come to a palace. Didn't look like a king. Didn't seem to be the sort of character that you really wanted to be king. He didn't really look like the Messiah either, although he did some very peculiar things, like healing everybody around him, casting demons left, right and centre out of people's lives and releasing them, feeding 4,000 men, women and children with a couple of fish and five loaves of bread. He also raised a number of dead people. So there were some peculiarities about him and the contention that arose almost immediately that he began his ministry from the Jewish leadership, who were angry with him, probably scared of him, hated him with an intensity, an intensity that right from the beginning almost, they wanted to kill him. And then after he marched into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, openly declaring that he was their expected Messiah. They sought to have him put to death. There were a number of forces at work on Good Friday. Firstly, there was the imperial forces, Rome. Have you ever done something really stupid? And not only did you do it, but someone warned you about it before you did it. You know what that's like? Pilate had his wife come to him and say, have nothing to do with this just man. He was warned. It cost him his job. They finally fired him. Why? Because he made a serious mistake. He ordered the crucifixion of the King of Glory. He ordered the crucifixion of the God of the universe. He ordered the crucifixion of the Eternal One. And he had been warned. So one of the forces against us and one of the groups in power was Imperial Rome. Within three centuries, the church ruled Rome. They put the king on the cross and within three centuries his church overthrew them without weapons. 
Rome just handed the power over to them and begged them to take charge. And take charge they did. Then there was the Jewish leadership. The high priest, Sanhedrin, had already determined well before these events that they must put him to death. Couldn't do it themselves, legally. So they arrested him in a garden. I don't know if you've ever wondered why Peter and the disciples were carrying swords. They weren't trained troops. Jesus hadn't trained them up in how to fight. Why would they at all carry swords? Well, they travelled the roads of Galilee. They travelled the roads of Judah. They had to protect themselves. Never hear about it. But robbers are renowned for those areas. But there was a sword in the garden and those who came with swords and lo and behold, Peter cuts the ear of one of the high priest's servants. And then Jesus puts it back on. The Jewish authorities instigated his death. The Jewish authorities pushed the people to condemn their God. They pushed their people to cry, crucify him, crucify him. They did everything in their power to make sure that Pilate chose Barabbas to forgive instead of Jesus. And they sent him to the cross. They put him on the cross. And another force at work here, and it exposes itself right here at the foot of the cross, was human arrogance expressed by a number of groups and a number of people. Those who said, hey, he said that he was going to tear down this temple and rebuild it, let him come down from the cross. The chief priest said, if you come down from the cross, come on, you're the son of God, if you come down from the cross, we will believe you. Well, they wouldn't really. You said you trusted God, so let God deliver you. And they taunted him. Now, one of the elements here is that before they got to the cross, the Romans beat him so much more that he could not carry his own cross and had to have someone else do it. Jesus cries there on the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They can't see the reality. They can't see behind the scenes. They can't see the power of God and the purpose of God. And they can't see Satan at work in the background, orchestrating, orchestrating imperial Rome, orchestrating the Jewish leadership. And I'm sure as Satan was standing there under the cross just gloating that he'd finally got the Son of God, finally did him in, gloating about it. And as Jesus died, realised He'd made a serious mistake because in the death of Jesus, our sin was conquered.
our rebellion was overwhelmed. Our acts, the horrible things that we do, the way we live, are now cancelled by the blood of Jesus. Healing comes through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That Jesus died there for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died there for our sins. That the power of darkness over us was broken by Jesus' death on the cross. The very thing that Satan thought he was going to achieve actually undid him. Rather than getting rid of the Son of God, he actually exalted the Son of God. And they say that some of the Gospel writers see that the crucifixion is the exaltation of Jesus. And Jesus said in John 3 that the Son of Man is lifted up. He would draw all people to himself. And what's being lifted up? He's been lifted up onto the cross. Others see that it's the resurrection that's his exaltation. But with the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus Christ broke the power of death in our life. Broke the ascendancy of death in our life and set us free. But why did he die? Why did he come? He came because of the hardness of our hearts. Because we had walked away from our God. And in walking away, we destroyed everything that God intended for us to enjoy. Destroyed every relationship that we have. Bringing tension into our relationship with God, tension in our relationship with each other. Tension between a man and his wife. Or a woman and her husband. Our hardness of hearts our arrogance of hearts put Jesus on the cross. And there on the cross, Jesus broke the power over that hardness in our lives. That we can turn from sin to righteousness effectively. That we can turn from hate to love effectively. When that force is at work, when that power is at work, it breaches the hardness of hearts. It breaks through the barriers. You know, people around us have barriers. They don't want to talk about God. They don't want to hear about him. Or if they hear about him, they don't want to take any notice of him. We have a hardness of heart. And Good Friday is about God breaking through that hardness of heart. And you might say, but I talk to people and you know, argue with people and all that. And you say, how on earth do you do it? How do you get through? How do you get through through that heart? When they've been drawn into the conversation through a curiosity, it goes to the very depths of their being and gives God a chance in their life to really bring them through into the kingdom. And that's why Jesus came. To bring us through. To bring us through into the kingdom. He's the door. 
He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And if we open the door of our hearts, He will come flooding in without a doubt. You know, when I used to lead people to Christ and pray with them, I always wondered, has anything happened? Has anything happened? Because sometimes it doesn't look like anything's happened. And I remember being in a place called Peak Hill and having a lady come forward. So I led her through the prayer with Jesus and it didn't like anything happened. A week later I got a letter from her saying how her whole life had been transformed by Jesus. And she'd gone on to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and her whole life turned upside down. Something happened. When we get under the barriers and give God a go, he comes in. If they say, yes, Lord, he comes in. He will not push his way in. He will not bash down the door. It always has to be our invitation. And Good Friday is God's invitation for us to come to him through Jesus the Son. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. You sent your Son. We thank you that there on the cross he took our sins, our rebellion, our penalty, and paid the price for us. And we thank you that when we invite him in, he comes. We ask, Lord, that as we move into Easter, we will continue to exalt you and praise you in our whole life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages from Pastor Andrew, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.